Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. After two full days of coaching education, I invited Dolores McCallum and Janet Murphy of the Mississauga Golf and Country Club to talk about our reactions to the Adapting Thriving Online Coaches Conference. Dolores, Janet, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Glenn. Good to be here. Hi, Glenn. Thank you. Well, uh, why don't I get you two to briefly introduce yourselves? Maybe we'll start with Dolores. Uh, Sure. Um, My name is Dolores McCallum. I'm Associate Curling Professional at Mississauga Golf and Country Club. Um, And I curl at Oakville Curling Club. Janet? Oh, great. My name is Janet Murphy, and I am the Director of Curling at the Mississauga Golf and Country Club. I've been a uh, competitive curler for most of my life and uh, have done some coaching over the years. I play uh, recreationally with some friends and family and uh, recently have moved from an active role on Team Justin Murphy to a support role in a coaching and uh, fifth player capacity. Uh, Ladies, thank you for joining me tonight. It's literally been 90 minutes since the Adapting Thriving Conference has just finished. So we had a chance to sort of sit down and collect our thoughts about it. I, I wanted to get you on to, you know, react to the conference. And uh, now before I ask you f- for your overall impressions, there was a word cloud that they showed at the end. They, they asked all of the coaches to submit a word or, or words describing how they felt about the weekend. And here are some of the words I, I wrote down. Informative, educational, inspiring, valuable, fantastic, fun, motivating. So there were a lot more words. It's a word cloud. There are hundreds of (laughs) words, but these were the ones that were the largest in the word cloud. So uh, maybe I'll start with Janet. Janet, what were your overall impressions of the two-day conference? Well, thanks, Glenn. Um, I was was very impressed. Um, I was impressed, firstly, by the the number of... uh, coaches and support team members and probably athletes that uh, committed their weekend. It really speaks, I think, to um, how much we're all missing being so actively involved in our sport this winter due to COVID. Um, But overall, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I took tons of notes, um, had a few things brought back to the forefront in my thinking and then grabbed onto some new ideas that I really want to run with. So I, I did enjoy my weekend. Dolores? Um, I am in the same boat as Janet. I, I really had a good time. It was a really full weekend, just back-to-back-to-back presentations. Um, a, lot of, a lot of really great information. Um, and I always like to hear different perspectives on things, too. So... You know, some of these presenters I've um, heard talk before and others I haven't. So I like hearing different points of view and I like hearing um, uh, new points of view. 
the whole thing was incredibly well organized. I, I mean, there had to be so much work that went into that, but um, it just went off flawlessly. It was really, really good, really good. Yeah, I think the big word for me was informative. And that was the biggest word on that word cloud. There was a lot of information packed into two days. And you'd think two days, that's like, you know, what, 16 hours it felt like. But Mm -hmm. you're right, almost every single part of it was full of information. And I think the other thing for me was, I love events like this. I, I attend all the conferences I can just for the networking even, just the ability to talk to people I would never get the chance to talk with in my uh, real life as a coach. So those were the two things I took from that conference uh, overall. Maybe we can get into the specifics. Now, there were at least 15 sessions and a social night, uh, the intro, the keynotes, the conclusion. Dolores, were there... Maybe you can go over two or three things that uh, stood out to you through the weekend. Well, there were probably more than two or three things, but... Um, <laughs> Let's start with two or three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I could listen to Kyle Paquette for hours. I think he's, um, you know, he's got a lot of good things to say and uh, he's a really good speaker. So I really enjoyed his um, his talk um, and Mick Lismore as well. You know, I... I I find it fascinating that so much of what we do and how we feel is all controlled by um, our thoughts and the way we think and, and uh, you know, doing simple things like breathing exercises and managing stress and that kind of stuff has such a big impact on um, how we perform as athletes. So I, I find that kind of thing really fascinating. And I, you know, I really tune in when I start hearing about that kind of thing. Um, uh, Dr. Joe Baker also was uh, really interesting uh, talking about um, how learning uh, can create so much stress because it's difficult and messy and and we have to change the way we view stress and frustration and understand that um, it's um, you know it's just it's just communicating and telling us that it's time for us to do something so so those ones I really enjoyed. Um, I really liked Connie's presentation on the tech delivery and really going into uh, the nuts and bolts of the tech delivery, um, all the little, the parts of it and uh, comparing it to the the flat foot delivery. That was really interesting. And of course, I love analytics. So I enjoyed um, Jason Gunlickson's presentation on analytics. Thanks, Dolores. Uh, Janet? Well, I too... uh you know, took something from every single um, presenter and every single topic. And uh, like like uh, Dolores, you know, Adam Kingsbury and Kyle Paquette, I, I could listen to them read the phone book. Honestly, <laughs> they, just, uh, they just speak with, you know, such passion and, and in such a manner that it just, it's like, I get it. You're talking to me right now. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so, so I enjoy, I didn't, I enjoyed those as well. Um, uh, what I loved about Dr. Joe Baker was he was someone from outside of curling. He's not a curling expert, um, but a sport expert. And I, um, I really took some, at the beginning, I was kind of like, Ooh, I'm a bit confused because it wasn't so curling specific, but then 
I, I got some really good takeaways from his um, his discussion about uh, skill acquisition and and athlete development. And um, I really liked his his um, his thoughts and his concepts and how we could apply those to curling with, you know, not a direct curling um, slant. So that was exciting for me. Um, yeah, again, Connie Lalaberry and and the tuck delivery. I mean, this was the beauty of this conference being coast to coast. Um, you know, I've I've curled forever, uh, but I've never really taught anyone the tuck delivery. And uh, so that's exciting that if I do come across someone who's a tucker, I now have some skills um, to bring to their to bring to that uh, discussion. Um, super impressed with Helen Radford and the youth feeder system in the next gen um, growing the sport. You know, I think back to when um, when I started curling as a 11, 12 year old, and it was a long time ago. Um, you know, it was like, nobody had a coach, you know, hopefully you had an older brother or a dad that could teach you how to curl, you know, we just kind of muddied our way through and, um, and I've, I've loved curling ever since I started as a youth. And I think to myself, how lucky are these kids nowadays that they have someone like Helen leading the youth, um, feeder system and, and the skills that they're going to be able to, to gain at such a rapid rate that took some of us many, many, many years. So I was super impressed by that. Um, I, the sweeping, I mean, I've, I've talked to Glenn before about sweeping as an athlete and, uh, but always the science behind anything is the data behind anything is so interesting. And that brings me to Jason and analytics. Like that guy has such passion for this game and has such passion for the data. And I've had the privilege of working with Jason as an athlete. He's, he's worked with our team a few times and we've talked about, about the analytics and it's, it's so interesting and it's really going to, um, it is changing the game and it is changing the way that uh, we can compete at, uh, at all levels. I mean, certainly for people coaching youth curling, you might be thinking, Oh my gosh, that's way far away. But like his point about, own the draw to the button, master the draw to the button. You know, you can take little bits from it and you can build them into your programming. And I think that's really awesome. I also enjoyed, um, I think Dolores and I split up and um, for the uh, concurrent sessions, I did uh, Paul Webster's purposeful practice. And and what I loved about that is he was actually in a curling club. It was so nice to see someone on curling <laughs> ice. Yeah, um, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the exact point I have on my sheet here. The fact that yeah. it was done in a curling club, oh, I miss those days. Yeah, exactly. So he had lots of great tips. I wrote down um, lots of things from that. And uh, again, Wendy Morgan, she, she, she's lovely and just wonderful to listen to. And, and she has such great knowledge about teams and team building and, and getting that team ready for competition. And again, I've had the, the pleasure of, of working with her directly with a team a few years ago. And certainly a lot of her, her uh, tidbits and topics were very relevant for even if it's your first time going to zone playdowns. It doesn't have to be that you're going off to represent Canada at a national event. But that first time you're taking those young kids out to an event, you really want to prepare them, even if even if they, when I, when I first started coaching my daughter, she was 12 and went to her first Bantam zone and the eventual um, provincial champion was in our zone. And we knew that, and we knew that they'd have a tough time. And literally 
we prepared and drew, and that was back in the days when you drew the cards, and drew that team in our very <laughs> first game. And I said to them, listen, let's set some reasonable objectives. And it was, let's score. You know, these girls were 11 and 12 years old playing against, um, you know, the team that would eventually win the provincial bantams. They certainly, it would have been a, quite an upset had they won the game. But, you know, you'd have to go into events prepared for the event that you're going into. And uh, so I just, I just thought all of those uh, different speakers really brought something to the table that made us all just kind of rethink how we're doing things. So very enjoyable. Yeah, I have to uh, ditto both of you ladies. There are so many good speakers and good sessions. Let me read out some of the notes I have here. Obviously, Paul Webster's <laughs> session on the ice and the fact that he was he had someone there sliding and practicing with them, being a demonstrator. It's been a while since I've seen that. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really... Uh, a, a, and and the fact that he's a world class coach and he's teaching you how to do that kind of a practice, just mm-hmm. that hands on uh, visual of him doing it was very powerful to me. Uh, of course, the tuck delivery discussion. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I mean, coaches were sort of taught not to do that or not to teach that. At least when I was, I, I've been a coach for 15 years and. Uh, it's not like it was part of the curriculum of teaching. It was always flat foot, but obviously this uh, uh, reignites a discussion about that at the very least. Uh, the social night on Saturday, uh, <laughs> I know I've done these sort of quizzes before, but it really, after I after it was over, it really led me to think, you know, maybe I can use this somewhere, right? Using these quiz apps to to teach people something, I, you know, whether it's teaching little rocks, the terms of curling or, or whatever, you know, something that would engage them that way. And I believe one of you won a prize that night. So. Oh, that was Janet. Uh, well, I do like a bit of competition, Gwen. I'm not going to lie. Really? Really? Uh, oh, I Jan- didn't know that about you. I hold, I wholeheartedly agree. I came in fifth. So there you oh. go. Yeah, you did really well, too. (laughs) Uh, And I'll say this about uh, Adam Kingsbury's session, the one on poise. It wasn't so much the content, although the content was good. It was the way he delivered it. I I thought I had to think about what it reminded me of. It kind of reminded me of someone leading you through a meditation because I was in the kitchen listening to it and going, why do I feel calm? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it's because he's literally uh, enunciating it like someone who was leading you through a meditation. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. He did. He did speak that way. Yeah. Yeah. And he had sort of little, little pauses along the way so we could think about what he was saying. He, he's yeah. another one. I really enjoy listening to him. I really do. Yeah. Reading that phone book, girls. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, what Janet said about um, Helen Radford's programs too. You know, I remember when she started in that position, it wasn't that long ago. And um, the amount of material that she's been able to put together for clubs is just amazing. And I really hope clubs are taking advantage of it because she's got some great programs. Well, I was lucky enough to interview her for this podcast a couple of weeks ago and give us a preview of her session. Uh, you're right. Uh, it's amazing to me that Curling Canada, as far as I could tell, hadn't had someone in a position like that ever. Like she's the first youth curling manager. 
I know it's hard to imagine. Like you'd think that that would be a position. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I, I'm I glad we have it happened. now. Yeah, Abs- for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, you're right. All the material and all of the, even the news that was released, like with regards to the singles app and, yeah. uh, you know, of course, people know about Rockfest and a bit about the badge stuff. But yeah, it, it, Helen is doing some great work for, for youth curling in this country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're very lucky because, you know, we all know that without uh, development at the youth level, you know, the elite level doesn't happen. And um, having someone so passionate about it and then sharing that information with all of us, you know, and that's what I really did enjoy um, is how open all of the presenters were. Like it was like there was mm-hmm. no secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and the fact that it was um, all the, you know, a number of different member associations were involved. That's, that's really encouraging that everybody's not sort of like pulled down into their own little rabbit hole saying, well, I'm not going to tell you this. This is a yeah. big secret, you know? So yeah. I, I love the, I love the fact that, that uh, this conference allowed so many people to share things that, you know, in Ontario, we wouldn't necessarily hear what they're doing out in Alberta or BC or Saskatchewan. So it's fabulous. Now, let me uh, switch up the topic a bit. Of course, we've all been to conference. I've been to tons of conferences. I don't know about you. I'm assuming you ladies have been to a ton of them too. <laughs> oh, I've and been to a ton, yeah. <laughs> a metric ton, uh, an imperial ton. Uh, but, you know, some are better than others. And there's, of course, things you can always change or adapt. Is, is there one thing you would change? I, I'll go first if you want to have a minute to think about it. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, so what I found out as we were going through session by session was uh, it would always sort of (laughs) run right to the limit, right to the end of it. And there would never be enough time for questions uh, or they they would only get to like one or two of them. It it seemed like, I don't know, maybe this presentation should have been a a tiny bit shorter so that they attacked more of the questions. It depended on the session. Some of them had a lot more questions than others, but I think, Maybe that's one thing they could work on. I know that they were going to take those questions and and answer them offline, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said about the the synchronicity of it being happening at once. That's my uh, suggestion. Yeah. You know what, Glenn? I, I agree with you, but when you do these in-person ones, they usually start on a Friday, you know? So they usually have, you know, the keynote will be on Friday night and there'll be a social on the Friday night. So I, you know, they had to cram it into two days, which was difficult. And I think they had a lot more presenters than usual. Um, but also, too, I think having it um, online isn't really conducive to discussion or, um, you know, like one person asks a question and then the question get answered, gets answered and there's no discussion, which I kind of miss the discussion part. Mm. You know, I like having the back and forth. I like being able to talk to people at my table. Um, that kind of thing. So I, I kind of miss the interaction. I would agree with, with what you said. However, like on the flip side, what I kept thinking is because we were doing it virtually and because it was held to, you know, we're stopping the, the Zoom call at this time, 15 minute break, and we start again, I felt like they were able to put a lot more content in. Because oftentimes when you're in person at one of these conferences, they're like, they need to give you almost longer than a 15 minute break because people have to get to the washroom. People have to make a phone call or whatever. And this time it was like, 
well, we're, you've got 15 minutes, so do what you want with it. We don't have to see what you're doing, but we're starting right on time. So that's kind of the benefit, I think, to doing it online. Um, mm-hmm. And also, again, obviously, the the cost, the fact that they were able to provide this, and I, I'm not sure, I can't speak to the, all the member associations, but I know here in Ontario, there was no cost to this. So, you know, that probably encourage some people who might have been like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to go or not to participate. So I think there were benefits to doing it virtually, although I too, because I'm a bit of an extrovert, missed, you know, sitting with someone at my table or chatting in the coffee line or something. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, I agree with you with like, usually these things are at a hotel or something, and they're kind of expensive. And if you live uh, far away, you can't attend. So I mean, all of that stuff is really good. I mean, I like the cost. And I was trying to figure out as it was going on, am I, am I, do I think this is better or not? And I think Mm. in the end, I decided that I liked it Mm -hmm. um, more than I didn't like it. Well, the cost was great. (laughs) The cost was great. Yeah. And And, and yeah, full credit to, uh, full credit to, I believe it was the Ontario Ministry of Sport. It, it, it was something like that. I, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but that they received additional funding from that agency and that's how they were able to provide uh, this conference for free. Yeah. And yeah, free is always good. <laughs> free is always good. And, you know, where are you ever going to get that much information from that many experts, <laughs> you know, for that right. price? I mean, we got a lot of information. Yeah, there, there's another conference. It's called the Sports Leadership Conference. Or sports. I, sorry if I'm getting it wrong. It's a national one. Petro Canada was the longtime uh, sponsor, and, and I I was never able to attend that conference until COVID. Actually, they made it a free conference. It was like mm-hmm. a seven hundred dollar conference. I'm going yeah. and like in Calgary, and I live in Toronto. There's no way mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. No, exactly. I participated in that as well, Glenn, for probably the exact same reason. Yeah, but you know what? It was the best thing they could have done because now I know what it is. And I, I'm actually now tempted to go to the next one if it's in person and if it's around Ontario, at least. Mm-hmm. At least I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, if, you're miss, if you were missing out on the, uh, the in-person networking and chatting around a table, you know, it's not as good, but the next best thing was the chat room. I love chat rooms. I'm, I'm like the <laughs> chattiest person in any virtual chat room. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm not so much because I, I guess I'm not good at multitasking. I don't know. But I start reading the chats and then I miss out there on the presentation. So <laughs> I had to kind of force myself to stay out of the chat. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm guilty. I'll raise my hand and say, oh, yeah, there were times I might have missed something. But, you know, it's it's amazing who I found. Like I, I found someone from B.C. who basically is me in B.C. So <laughs> it's it's amazing who you'll find sometimes. But yeah, yeah let's, I think uh, getting to uh, the future of our sport, or at least uh, the near future, now that the conference has ended, uh, you know, it's always great to get all this information, but what are our next steps? Uh, I know that I'm thinking about my Little Rocks program and hopefully things open in the fall, but, you know, maybe January even. Oh, yeah, what, what are say the that. next well, well, I I wanted it to be real, you know. I wanted it to open last fall and last January, but you know, just have to be realistic. I I get it. Yeah. 
Just being yeah. realistic. Well, what's your next steps? Well, I'm going to put this one to Dolores because Dolores does a fabulous job of running our um, our junior instruction and our junior programming at Mississauga, and she has a fabulous program. And uh, so I'm going to leave that to her with what her next steps are for our youth program. <laughs> well, I think what people have to do, I mean, one thing that I learned from Helen Radford, uh, you know, I worked pretty closely with her in developing junior programs is that you, you need to always think outside the box and always, uh, you know, look at the people in your program and, and just kind of change the way you're thinking. So I think clubs need to dust off their old programs and stop doing what they've always been doing and make some changes. And, um, you know, one of the presentations I really liked was um, Ryan uh, Lafreniere's presentation on um, teaching strategy and tactics. And he had some great ideas about how, because, because that's a hard thing to teach to young kids. Um, he had some really good ideas about how to do that. And as I was listening to him, I was picturing our junior program in my head and thinking, okay, I'm going to go out and buy a ladder and I'm going to do all this stuff, <laughs> you know, um, because you have to speak to kids in their language. And if you, if you try to speak to them in, in the same language that you talk to your adult learn to curl, it's just not going to resonate with them. So, uh, you know, you need to look at the, the age group or, you know, the, the, um, wherever they are in the LTD, LTAD and speak to them in that language so that they'll understand it and use the visuals. He talked a lot about using visuals and graphics and that kind of thing. So, uh, which I think is something that I, I do already in our program, but um, he had some good ideas so that, I'm, that I'm not using and that I probably will start using in the future. So um, I really, really enjoyed his presentation. Well, Dolores, you're going to have to give me that ladder idea. I'm sorry. I was at the, I believe Paul, who was, yeah, Paul Webster yeah, was on at the same, same time. time. Yeah, I know. So. You know what, Glenn? I was scrolling through the list to see if your name was there and I didn't see you. And I thought, oh, he's going to be so mad he missed this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the ladder thing. Well, uh, well, they're going to send us copies of everything. So hopefully. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's great too. Uh, now, Janet, uh, well, actually, both of you, uh, you both work at the Mississauga Golf and Country Club. Am, am I getting that correct? That's correct. Uh, maybe this is a time. We, how, Janet, would you like to plug the club here on the <laughs> podcast? Tell us, tell us a little about it. Uh, how big is it? Uh, how long um, have people been sure. curling there? Sure. So um, curling started there in 1959. The club's uh, been in existence since 1906, but it was primarily a golf club before that. Um, I've been working there for 18 years now. I started uh, when my kids went to school, um, and uh, I, I really, I really love working there. And Dolores has been working there with me for six years, I think. Uh, just, and, uh, just finishing my fifth year. Oh, just finishing my fifth year, yeah. And uh, we have six sheets. It's a beautiful facility. We have um, a top-level ice maker, Scott Muir. He's um, the uh, Ontario Curling Association's head ice maker for championships now. Um, and unfortunately for him, this was his first year in that role, so he didn't get to go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's a bit of a disappointment. But, um, you know, we, we had uh, a new, uh, uh, an entirely new plant put in three years ago. We had new rocks uh, four years ago. So, you know, unlike... Unfortunately, what a lot of golf and country clubs are going through, 
Um, our club truly supports curling and believes that just like our golf course and our tennis facility, our fitness facility, they all need to be world-class. And so um, they've always supported curling and are willing to spend, um, you know, capital funds to make sure that we have a great facility. And, uh, and like I said, with uh, Dolores and Scott and myself and some of our part-time staff, we have a, we have a really great team um, to support the, the members in their play there. Oh, thank you, Janet. That's, that's excellent. I've never mm-hmm. been out there, but, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a reason for me to get out there one day. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what, uh, Dolores, Janet, thank you for joining me tonight. I'll, I'll put up a link to the Mississauga Golf and Country Club website, uh, on our website, uh, sorry, on our uh, show notes. And, uh, yeah, well, I guess uh, get some get some well deserved rest. That was a long two days. Yeah, yeah you too. Thanks was. so much, Glenn. Thanks, really Glenn. So that was my interview with Dolores and Janet, literally ninety minutes after the conference ended on Sunday. I'd like to give a big shout out to everybody on the organizing committee for putting this conference together. It was obviously a lot of work, and they deserve a lot of credit. During the conference weekend. I sent updates through our Coaching Kids Curling Twitter account. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow this podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.